0: Hello, this is the third episode of Game of the Week. Game of the week. Russ is wearing a hat that can only be described as from a homeless man. Adam is sport- <laughs> <laughs> Adam is sporting quite a fantastic neck beard, and David can't work out the rule of thirds on his computer
1: image. <laughs> i'm 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 trying something new um i've got like a uh, like a troll like a, i think it's called a trollerman beanie which is quite small you look small. like a cunt, mate. You look oh, like a cunt. Li- literally it's obviously it's smaller than your traditional bobble hat beanie. You'd, you'd be um, I,
0: you'd, you'd be the star guest on cunt of the week it's a bit of a shit week for sport actually there's not much going on i think october's a bit of a dead month isn't it except we're in november that's an even deader month Pretty much only football and rugby we usually have this time of year, isn't it? Because all the motorsport's done by now.
2: Well, we're missing yeah. El Clasico Portugal versus Andorra tonight.
0: Uh, that's Dave, by the way. Um, Dave, this is, the, is this your virgin podcast, Dave? Popping my I'm all over cherry. I've got to say, you've got an absolutely sensual microphone. <laughs> it sounds delightful. It's
1: got, it's um, got a milk, milk chocolate podcast voice as well, isn't it? It's very, very <laughs> fluid. It's like um, like some like it like an advertisement.
0: In the days of MSN Messenger, David used to be known as the live Panther.
1: <laughs> as in live, as in L Y T H
0: E. L I T H E, wasn't it?
1: Well, uh.
2: As in smooth, like a Porsche's bonnet. <laughs> oh, wow. and My real voice is like this, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Dave's here because he knows a bit about golf. Well, he, I mean, he knows a bit about golf. He'll, he'll, he'll talk the arse end of a donkey off about golf, as uh, Russ can attest in our Power Shankers group. I like that boring chap down the pub. Hey, you are that boring chap down the pub, mate. <laughs> not,
2: not, not like... <laughs> yeah, player
0: That's <laughs> the piano. Light the candle. Oh! <laughs> So the, the, the Masters in November, Dave, how are you seeing it? How are you seeing this tournament? Do you think, what, what the difference is going to be?
2: Um, I think it's going to be overcast and pretty damp. Uh, so it doesn't really favour a shorter hitter. And I think anyone who's perhaps a, you know, like a really good iron player, it's, it's going to be a bit of a leveller. So it's... It's going to favour people who carry the ball a long way, basically. Um, more, so than, it,
0: more than it, ever. Were, were we playing at Augusta, you'd be in a better position than me. And Russ would just be, you know, one in 10 would I'd be, be slightly in a more position. in the woods than you, maybe. I mean, <laughs> uh, Russ, do you think, you know, you, you know a bit about your golf, Bryson? Do you think he's... He's probably up there with the best chance to win, really. Or do you you see somebody sort of... I'm not (laughs) sure that Bryson's... uh, He might just be a bit too aggressive for this golf course and somebody who, you know, maybe DJ's a better, sort of more consistent, long-game player.
1: Yeah. I mean, all the talk is about Bryson, and he is currently the the bookie's favourite. My take on it is slightly different is the fact that augusta and the way the course is set up for the masters with the patrons when they're there usually the fact the course is so much more open now than what it would be if there were lots of people there that it can afford this slightly say slightly more wayward but it enables a little bit more grace for the longer hitters so, the likes of, let's say, for instance, you know, going back uh, to the, the likes of Bubba Watson, for instance, who has the ability to be incredible but also slightly wayward, it gives them a little bit more grace and allows them space to, to do what they need to do. I'm with Dave. I don't think necessarily um, Bryson is, is the winner here. I think it's going to be somebody like uh, Morikawa or. or um, Xander Schauffele, someone who is metronomically straight with their irons. I think the, because the course is going to be that much softer, I think the pinpoint accuracy for the approach shots is going to uh, is going to be the, the deciding
2: factor. It's interesting you say, uh, Bubba, because you can pick him up at about thirty-eight to one at the moment, and Morikawa forty-four. And he's he's got a really I mean he's special with the irons, but he's got a really really solid all round game. Um, and yeah, you've got you, the, the people are informal at the moment like DJ Ram, um, Matt Wolf is like fifty five to one, which I think is a, a crazy big price. That's
0: because of the old work on his swing, though, isn't it? <laughs> At some yeah. point, that's just got to go to the absolute shit, hasn't it? And just disintegrate. I, I can see him being like Ian Baker Finch, winning, winning a big tournament, and then just trying to adjust something ever so slightly, and all of a sudden being an eighteen handicapper.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's. I remember seeing his coach being interviewed, and um, they're quite clear that he's just going to carry on playing that way, Whatever... Yeah he's going to have the bottle to do it because, you know, golfers tweak it. Don't know. Jordan Spieth, he's got quite a uh, idiosyncrasy. He's genuinely swing. like a five handicapper now, isn't he? Yeah, you know, because he just, <laughs> um, it's a bit like, you know, like Lee Westford's made a whole career out of sort of bending his left arm through the ball. Fin- finishing runner-up. Y- y- well, and that's
1: but you do you not think that that's the thing? Like you say about golfers continually tweaking stuff in the strive for success or the strive to be better, which I which I get. But if you've got something that, that works, that gets you to the top of your game, it can't be that much. Like A little bit of luck here and there will get you tournament victories, a bit of a rub of the green, sinking a few putts, your putts catching fire. Whereas like... You can like over coach and over tweak and over analyze stuff, and that that's not just for the pros. That goes all the way down the down the spectrum, doesn't it? And you have got coaches going, well, it's not really the traditional way to do it. Um, so you really, you know, should do it like this. The first coach to make this personal, which nobody is interested in, but the first coach I went to see, without ever having a coach in my life, tried to show me videos and get me to swing the club like Justin Rose. Because he said that in his opinion, Justin Rose had the best swing in golf at at that time, and I was like, well, you know, but what if I can't swing the club? I need yeah. to. You need to, need to swing. People need to swing the club. He won't ex- into the shape. Ex- of my exactly. Gun. So, so, but that's that. That's what takes me back to Matt Wolf is the yeah. fact that I mean, his body can do whatever it is it wants to do. Like, it's that whole- it might get to it might get to a point where his body can't do that anymore yeah.
0: mm. it, it's a bit like over coaching thing isn't it it's the say it's prevalent in all sports where you get uh, a bowler in cricket will come through the ranks all of a sudden blast the load of wickets and then he starts getting coached and all of a sudden becomes average because Stephen. they're coaching him. Well,
2: I, what's interesting that Rush was saying is that there's a coach called sean foley who's who's coached justin rose tiger woods um sean o'hare Hunter Mahan, and Cameron Champ currently. And they've all got different swings. I mean, he's got certain principles, but they, they've all got, If you when you look at them, they've got commonalities, but they've all got, they all swing it differently. They've all got different body types. They've all got different injuries. They've all got um, idiosyncrasies. And I remember like, one interview we had where he had, he was saying, the first thing I do is I try not to fuck them up. <laughs> so, you know, they got, they got to... Being the best in the world, you know, there's there's a the top like, two hundred players in the world doing it one way, so you can't lose that. So, it's, you know, and you you hear about certain golfers, they they change something and they just drop like a stone. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, Adam, you've 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 sat waiting patiently there. You're you're not a big golfer, are you? you don't play much or
3: um, I'm, I'm big. But no, I'm. Uh, I, I have. I have played. I have played. <laughs> I, I play less and less these days. Um, it's, but you're, it's, it's a yeah, time so,
0: thing. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, of the three of us, you're certainly the least engaged in golf, right? I,
3: but it's probably the case now. It probably it wouldn't have been ten years ago. Um, right. I do. I, I so, do enjoy. I do enjoy. What well, um, watching golf? I feel a bit almost out of touch with some of the names that you're talking about. Um, it's as if strangely my golf knowledge is five, 10 years ago. Um, and I, I kind of, I'll watch the Ryder cup and a couple of the majors and not much more these days. And um, what puzzled me though, of what you're talking about and where the masters is going to be won or lost um, conditions being different in November compared with April. And, um, but Augusta isn't that more about in in and around the greens who's who's chipping and putting the best is that not where you win or lose the the Masters by um being able to well, read I mean, the I I, I
0: I think that will be something that's some something that's maybe slightly less of an issue this this time of year the greens will be a bit softer they'll be a bit more receptive so you can maybe throw the ball at the pins a bit a bit harder rather than using the contours of the green um obviously you won't have as much foliage and shrubbery around because it's not that time of year is it so you also are not going to have massive galleries in the way and and that that kind of thing so i i think from that regard it 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 may be slightly less of an issue i mean what i do want to sort of getting away from the usual sort of questions that we have around the masters but there is something a little bit different about augusta and it touches on the age-old problem of golf where it it the Masters still retains that sort of um elitist edge doesn't it like the u.s open they play on public courses the british open you know they they go to classic places where anyone can play basically and then but the masters is the one that nobody like you or i can't go and play there i mean how, how do you feel dave about like the, the augusta experience what, what what do you think How do you feel about that in terms of, I mean, it's not really, doesn't really sit right with how the world is at the moment, Augusta, does it? I read something today about the only way you find out if you're a member of Augusta, the only way you find out if you're no longer a member is they just stop taking money out of your bank account. (laughs) They don't actually tell you. It's just like you're out, mate
2: someone I went to law school with I um stayed over. just there, dropping so... that in
0: there I don't know if uh Dave mentioned he's been to law school
2: <laughs> no I, I went to um so I, basically I went on like a, a night out I didn't know any of them and then uh stayed in the spare room woke up the next morning in this fantastic house that backed onto the river Thames in like oh, Teddington yeah. or somewhere like that like at their own boathouse and in and out swimming pool being built, all this sort of stuff, and then there was this sofa at the foot of the bed, and there was like a um, there was a master's like badge and all this master stuff. So obviously the dad had been there, and I sort of said, "Well, what is your dad doing?" She went sales. I went, "What missiles?" And she was just like a bit of a stony silence at that point. But it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's ultra exclusive isn't it so like you say it's out of kilter of the world at the moment but it perhaps makes it a bit more special because it's exclusive I, i do wonder if you just thought if you strip all that out of it is it a fairly is it is it as good of a tournament as say the british open or um you know, the USPGA or it's because it's, it favors, um, people are good at like hitting the ball far and accurately. There's no rough at Augusta. Um, so it's interesting what, uh, Russ was saying about it's effectively going to have wider fairways. Now the, uh, the patrons aren't there. So some of you more wayward players are probably going to have a bit more of a chance. um, and then um like Adam says, it's um in April it's always a little bit of a putting competition and you always get some real random players come to the top. Danny you'd, will it? <laughs> yeah, you'll always get someone who's like a thousand to one shot. They might not make the cut, but you know, they've been the top ten for the first two days. Like someone like I don't know um Fred couples or Bernard Langer or someone would do yeah. something like some, that some old dude uh, like a vet who's... yeah I always like
3: I always those for betting where you like the betting like sky bet or whoever other bookmakers are available and they they'll often offer like each way for the whole of the top ten or more Um uh, was a bit of a promo on a major like this like Augusta in particular I always fancy those old guys like couples Langer um uh, no, Faldo's Fowdo doesn't play anymore, does he? But uh, the, all, all the guys that are sort of in their 50s who've won before will have ludicrously long odds. But you can you have can six, see...
1: 600 to 1 on both couples and Langer. 4,000 to 1 on Lola if you fancy it. Yeah, but you, you can see <laughs> you can Sandy see... Lyle always You're used to play
2: like up that. At the British open, open, didn't he? But Sandy Lyle's 4,000 yeah, 4, to 1 in this field. Is it? They're good, they're good opportunities to trade, Adam, aren't they? You can. Um, um, you just got to be disciplined. I remember one year, it wasn't quite a thousand odds, but I had Ian Poulter, like 350 to one and had a 10 on him and he came right into sort of 12 to one. So, you know, I could have traded out for quite a bit, but I got greedy and thought, Oh, what if he wins it? You know? And then, uh, he shanked two in a row. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've hated I him think- ever since. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, you know, like players like Mike Weir, you can pick him up to be the top senior at 20 to 1. Uh, Phil Mickelson might even be a senior now. And he's, yeah, he he's put he's on yards.
1: He's tearing up on the seniors tour.
2: Yeah, he's, he's put on yards. You know, he's hitting it longer than he did four years ago. So, And he's obviously got the um, pedigree around there. Uh, I think what we
0: can all agree before we move on is that the uh, Champions Dinner... Must be the absolute tits of an evening.
2: Apart from having to pay for it, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I, but I mean, you know, Tiger, Woods, you have, p- okay? t- Tiger Woods pitching up with 15 porthouses and, and just probably as many prostitutes and just going to town. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> you know. What, what would night?
2: be your champion's meal?
0: My champion's meal? Probably a Big Mac. No, I don't know, mate. Um, some kind of would, uh, would you mulligan to the
3: toilet yeah, I'd... <laughs> get... <laughs>
0: take a mulligan i i i mean i'd probably have some kind of duck duck breast affair but russ i mean you can only have one mate i mean it's like sophie's choice isn't it <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> well for me for me it would be probably steak rossini but phyllis de rossini that's that's what i would choose I we're going I to had...
0: have that right The greatest fillet steak, Rossini, I've ever had in uh, um, Toulouse with a uh, foie gras on it. Beautiful.
3: Peeled grapes on the side.
0: Great meals.
1: Can I shock you?
0: I like wine. (laughs) Um, Any closing? Eddie, let's get a winner then for the Masters. Dave?
2: John Rahm. Oh, God, I'd hate that.
0: Uh, Russ
1: um, I'm going to say Brooks Koepka uh, and I know I didn't mention him in either any of my opening gambits but I'm going to go Brooks
0: and if he wins will he get get his top out off and just uh, do a full on Mr Universe pose on the uh, while they're putting the green jacket on it'll be the first <laughs> person ever to win the <laughs> and, and accept the green jacket shirt underneath. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're wearing it like Brett the Hitman Hart with his leather yeah. jacket.
2: Yeah. I would love to see something jazz up that Butler Cabin ceremony. It's like Bible class, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not Sunday school at the end of a major international tournament.
1: I want to I see. Uh, I want to see Brooks Koepka and uh, Bryson Dechambles, uh walking down the 18th fairway um, like the bushwhackers. <laughs> In uh, the final group. Adam.
3: I'm gonna give you a previous winner, um, but he'd be the people's choice. He's he's who all we'd love to see him get a, another green jacket, and that's Patrick Dwayne Reed. the Rock
2: Johnson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who did you say, Adam?
3: Patrick Reed.
0: Patrick Reed, oh god.
3: Ah, oh, John Ryan. That would Patrick just take Reed. any joy out of it, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> David, did you say again? John Rahm, uh, John Rahm, Russ went for Brooks. Brooks Brooks. and yeah, I'm I'm gonna go um, for Tyrrell Hatton.
1: I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Tyrrell Hatton. He's like, he's Tyrrell Hatton to me is is the everyman golfer. Yeah, he he, he he looks to just not give a fuck about anyone or anything. I mean between him and eddie pepperall you know i'd love i'd love to go out in a little four ball with those two
2: it's beef playing <laughs> um,
1: beef, beef hasn't played professional golf since he forgot to mulligan his food
0: <laughs> there's a callback um no, i just think um if Hatton gets gets his putter going i think he's accurate enough to take the course to pieces really i'll give you the odds on Hatton don't you? Go on.
2: No, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll I'll lay you the odds. Okay, twenty-eight
1: to
0: one. I mean, you're you've got the field, so the odds are in your favor, right? I mean, name a golfer. I'll give you the. I'll I'll take your odds on Ram. It's hardly a brave brave bet, is it?
2: Well, it is. If two are out and wins, I'm paying you out, aren't I? Rather than a Labbrooks. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: let's let's move on quick um let's uh as much as i don't like doing it football money diving cheating football i wanted to talk about the, the this debate that's risen up about five substitutes and how the premier league teams with the largest budget seem to be really doing their knickers about how it's unfair about not having five substitutes. Now, if you're Pep Guardiola and you've got a squad with 30 internationals in, of course you want five substitutes. You want 11 because you want to go 45 minutes running the tits off the opposition and then just bring on another international team to finish them off in the second half when Southampton are running out, you know, Academy players. Um, I just think it's another episode of the people Bit, the haves lording it over the have-nots. How do you see that, Adam?
3: I think I see that in exactly the same way. I don't, I don't understand, other than pure selfishness and greed, how you can justify making that change. Like it's something that was brought in when football restarted, like those ridiculous drinks breaks, which thankfully have gone, um, as if to say, well, the players aren't quite fit. Um, yeah, there's COVID around. Some of the squads might be depleted, so we're going to help you out. Have mm-hmm. a couple more subs that you can bring on. Um, now we're well, we're obviously not past COVID, but football's going on in a more normal way, albeit behind closed doors. Um, teams have got the same sort of size squads that they always have. They should be as match fit as they always have been. I don't see the don't see the need for it. Pep, give it up.
0: Uh, the problem is more and more clubs are starting to get on the bandwagon. The, the club's towards the top half of the league. Dave, how, how do you see it, being a, a fiercely uh, proud
2: Manchester United fan from <laughs> Um i I'd keep it at three subs. I was listening to a guy on the radio the other day. Can't remember for life of me who it was. A manager. Sounded like Joey Barton, but it wasn't him. Um, and he was talking about how, because of a COVID test, it was gonna. Uh, there was this. There was a limit to how many people he could name, and th- there was a danger that games wouldn't go ahead, and some of the clubs lower down obviously need the revenue and, and so on and so forth. But so there was a danger the game wasn't going to go ahead because they'd have to take a player out and couldn't replace them. So I mean, I, w- I would just kind of focus on that. I would. I'd keep it at three subs, but I'd I'd open up squad to more youth players. And this manager was saying that you know he could put a youth player in or something like that. And at least the game would go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, Russ, you're a Spurs fan. They've got a fairly decent squad, haven't they? But I I don't think they can compete with Man City on that, on that front. But yeah. Are you in agreement?
1: They're they're more likely to compete now than they have done in the last few years. Um, I'm in agreement though. Three subs is, is more than enough. If you, if you start changing or have the ability to change half your team, as you've already said, the clubs with the most money, the clubs with more better players and bigger squads and better squads are undoubtedly going to benefit. You know, it, it stands to reason that if you've got more money, you're going to you're going to get a better squad. So I think you know the rest of Europe might be doing it. And Pep Guardiola, anybody that's calling it player welfare and we're running our players into the ground where it's an, an easy, easy argument
3: it's an easy out isn't it yeah yeah it's yeah.
1: bullshit is what it is
3: yeah, yeah. Could, could i go further actually can we not and this is probably for the wrong reasons i think we just need to go back to two substitutes with 12 and 14 on their back you only name two <laughs> that's all you get
0: <laughs> yeah because i'm more i'm i'm always up for outfielders in goal yes <laughs> you know, saving shots with their legs
1: well um, if, if they're that if they're that concerned then you know they can name i think what they can name seven and use three so I, I don't understand what what the issue is what do they want they want to be able to just name their whole squad on the bench a bit like a world cup match yeah. where you name basically you name your whole squad but you can only use you know your three substitutes if that's the way they want to play it, fine, do it that way. But you can only ever interchange three players during a match.
2: What about three subs and th- and a number of additional subs, but they have to be under 21 or something like that? Or academy players.
1: Oh yeah, maybe or maybe yeah, you can you can use five, but two of which have to be homegrown.
0: Because yeah, there's no academy in, it, games going on right now, is
1: there? No. It? And also then it would it would reward better developed academies and stuff like that as well. You know, if you it's all very well having a superstar squad, but if you've got good youth youth that you've produced yourself, then I mean it would make it it wouldn't make it hard to police in the Premier League level, I wouldn't have thought. They would just they would just be able to do it, I guess. But you yeah. know lower down it would it would make it more difficult and we all know how little the premier league cares about every other club in the country
0: yeah um just so to move on from well let's talk about england have got three games coming up in the next week they've got ireland belgium and Iceland. is that correct
1: who cares (laughs) um
0: the nation's the nation's league what do we mean by
3: that Well, the the Iceland hooker industry needs to keep going. Um, They've got to send someone to those hotels.
0: That was Miss Iceland, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) Are you saying (laughs) Miss Iceland's a hooker?
3: I I didn't say that. Everyone's got their
0: price, Russ. Did indecent proposal teach you nothing? (laughs)
3: Fair enough. (laughs) Um,
1: But that game might not even go on, right? England-Iceland, because... um, it
3: Iceland. might be in Albania, yeah, well know. that's
1: the thing because Iceland are going to Denmark first, and Denmark they'd have to isolate before coming into the country. so therefore England wouldn't be able to play them, and they'd have to it's it's contrived and it's mental and it's utter bullshit. but though, know, like this whole nations league setup, they're trying to they, they were trying to create competitive matches from basically friendlies to give people seedings for the the competitions to make it more relevant. Um, But nobody cares about it. When when was the last time anybody cared about international football outside of a major tournament
2: ever? Good question. And and it's
1: it's so dull. Like, how... How it might not be be England. I don't watch many other countries. I don't even watch England anymore. But international football is fucking horrifically dull, really dull. Because you play, you've either got two teams like England against Belgium that are stacked full of decent players that don't
0: give a shit,
1: don't give a shit, and don't then you've get got injured, in- basically. Yeah, exactly. Because they 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 want to play for their Premier League clubs in the and in the Champions League.
0: Yeah,
2: that's sweet, um, sweet sweet appearance money. The Champions League and the Premier League, both of which came into being round about the same time, killed it, didn't it? Because the Champions League football is a better quality than international football because you've you've got international calibre, or what used to be international calibre squads, but from multiple nations and they play together every week. So they're familiar, whereas, you know, in international sides get gets together once in a blue moon. Um, so, yeah, I, and I just can't see a way back because how can you incentivise international football? Yeah. And if you ever get a bad team, they all throw the towel in and just go, oh sod this anyway, I can't be bothered.
1: And if international football wasn't bad enough, watching international... And, and the atmosphere at Wembley for an England international against fucking Azerbaijan or Liechtenstein in European qualifiers in years gone by where they've had 60,000 people at Wembley who couldn't give a fuck because they've just given the tickets away to schools and clubs and stuff to get some people in the stadium. So there's a similar level of atmosphere there with no people at Wembley than there is with normal thing. And then, But having to listen to those absolute ones trying to sing the national anthem... <laughs> oh my god like just let it go lads just don't bother do
3: you, you know we've got we've got fake like canned crowd noise on TV broadcasts are they including the, the band in that for England games at Wembley if like, they like, do if they
0: do I've got I've got no words I don't <laughs> know like, I was thinking of something suitably aggressive to say about what I do and I can't there is no limit to what I would do
2: just, just set Ryan Giggs on them. Yeah. Speaking of aggression, didn't you mention England are playing Ireland? Is that the Republic of Ireland? It is the Republic of Ireland, yeah. Tomorrow at Speaking 8 o'clock. Speaking of okay. <laughs> aggression. <laughs> have they... This is going to sound Irish, but uh, pardon the pun. It, have they played together uh, since like, the mid-90s, that game? Since that, that game. Road? No. That, that game. They must yeah, have when Tommy Robinson
0: was there.
1: Uh...
2: <laughs> yeah. Was um... Terry Venables was in charge, wasn't he? Have they so not played
1: like... in an international
0: tournament
2: I since then?
1: I don't think they have. Um...
3: Maybe that's why they've done it now and there are no crowds. Yeah.
1: Uh... Was that when the. Which set of fans were directly above or below the other? They were throwing. The England stuff fans up.
0: were above the Ireland that, fans. That's it. Yes. And they were like hoying. Like they basically stripped the stadium didn't they rusty <laughs> nails and all and just l- chuzzed it all down into the bottom tier <laughs> that's sensible, oh, you know, isn't pick, it? having, having, it, the, having it,
2: the away it. fans above the home fans without yeah. any kind of shield i don't place. i don't
0: think there's a correct way of doing it is there like in italy they put up huge nets don't they so
2: in uh, spain we saw um went to see Barcelona and the uh, Gladback fans were above us, but they were behind this Perspex. Yeah. I felt so sorry for them because not only did their team get thrashed like 4-0, the tickets were about €80 Euros each, but the Perspex looked like they'd been up for 20 years. It was all scratched you barely <laughs> see through it. I
1: mean, I, I'm just looking at the England versus Ireland head-to-head record. Um, according to uh, the Flash Scores app on my phone, This is how well I'm doing my research. The last five matches between England and Ireland were 2015, which was nil-nil. That must have been a great game. Uh, Wembley, and it was a one-all draw. Goals from Shane Long and Frank Lampard. Uh, And then it goes back from 2013 to 1991.
2: I assume it just expanded list that. No, because it was abandoned, wasn't it? Because it was abandoned, Yeah. yeah.
1: So, and then in 1991, the one-all draw doesn't actually have any goal scorers. <clears throat> that was Euro qualification, 27 for the third 91. That would have been Graham Taylor, wouldn't it?
0: That, yeah. I really miss news reports about football violence.
1: <laughs> but, proper, <laughs> but proper football violence. Proper ag, yeah. None of, none of, none of the Tommy Robinson wannabes. No. Nah. Like, proper, like, ag. men with tattoos on their their necks. Yeah yeah uh, and their skulls
0: yeah throwing plastic chairs at police yeah didn't <laughs> but, it all kind of know, hit by when uh when the
2: when the russians turned up at about the last three or four tournaments <laughs> and, and, and it, it all got a little bit
1: it's got a bit out of hand because you like <laughs> because you had fat terry from down the pub who had a <laughs> British bulldog on his calf and a St. George's cross on his skull, fighting against Ivan, who was basically <laughs> Ivan Drago. just been uh, released from a gulag were, in fucking who, Siberia. he have been breaking rocks into smaller rocks for the last have, 20 years. Where they have basically been training specifically for this very moment. Literally creating, training. Yeah, like <laughs> creating an army of... of Roy did up football hooligans and then like say you got fat terry who fancies himself as being a bit handy <laughs> and he an and old old fucking ivan drago who's thrown 17 punches before even <laughs> his fist
0: uh, oh, longing for the days of football violence as with all mauled over conglomerate podcast productions there's a, a little segment at the end um, we're not doing it any other business. We're changing the game, and we're we're embracing the future. We're wrapping a tinfoil blanket around the marathon runner that is the end of the show, and we're asking if there's a question that you want the answer to, now's the time to ask it. Hmm. Yeah. What was that? Is that Tell a question? The ask the question. What's the answer? Question of the week. So, Dave, as a first-time podcaster... What question do you want an answer to? And let us three sage gentlemen give you uh, the answer to your question.
2: How did the conversation go between the member of Donald Trump's campaign team and the person who answered the phone at Four Seasons Total Landscaping? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want what? I mean, well, we, like, in, in my head, I, mate. Uh, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, did a little old lady answer the phone? And like, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> I don't know who it is.
0: <laughs> Steve, oh, oh. Steve, we've got a Rudy Giuliani on the phone.
2: Tell him to go queen.
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he can't tuck his shirt in. <laughs>
2: That, or you know, was it was it like an Australian gap year student or something like that? You know, I, I mean, I just, who answered the phone and how did it go?
0: I would love to know how far down the front page of Google they had to go before they found something not Four Seasons Hotel related to actually call and make make the reservation. We, we could probably talk about him uh, all night, but we we probably shouldn't. Adam, um, what question uh, have you? wanted answered this week.
3: You ready for this. in front of him, fucking distribution.
1: Because we can't fucking distribute the because you got fucking Bellerin plays inverted all the fucking time. Worrying about eating a plant every fucking five minutes. Fuck off. Load of shit. All of them, shit. Every single fucking player on the pitch today, shit. No fucking hiding place. Fuck the player ratings because they all get zero. Fucking useless bunch of pricks. <laughs> If you, it so, sounds like a more all over Doug, podcast. Without, without seeing that, Doug, I, but can you describe? I want you to describe what this guy is wearing,
0: right? And well, um, he's probably wearing something that's vaguely Arsenal related, but not enough that he could be called a shirt.
2: Is yeah, Gunnerswars kind of yes. outfit.
0: <laughs> and he's got just... almost certainly got no hair, and probably he has been a builder forever.
3: The one of them has absolutely no hair. Um, the guy you mostly hear is wearing a cap. He's probably, probably looks a bit like Russ underneath it. Um, my question, though, what, what I want to know is who's watching this? <laughs> this is a live stream of them watching Arsenal against Aston Villa. Who's watching them? That's, what I, that's my question to you three.
1: Well, asked was asked the Aston Villa. That was on. That was on the uh, the box office, right? Which has been an unmitigated. <laughs> what, so? I'm not going to spend instead of, of paying disaster. 14.95. I'm
3: yeah. going to watch these guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have go-nads. seen
0: clips of a. Uh, there's a guy that does it for Man United, isn't there? Just on his own in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah,
1: but... his <laughs> Dave, is that bedroom.
0: you? Yeah, with a green screen background and like. A Chiron ticker at the bottom and all that kind of stuff. Absolute,
1: really. absolute virgin.
0: I mean, who who sits in their who sits in their bedroom and makes content for other people not to watch? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, who's watching it? Probably people like us that just want a cheap laugh. I don't think anyone's watching it for their <laughs> Arsenal news, are they? I
1: I'd hope. I hope not. I'd hope. Or no. their analysis. <laughs>
0: Although I'd rather listen to that guy than Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher.
1: But it's
2: quite a high level analysis with his inverted wing backs and all that sort stop. of stuff. Yeah.
1: Can't distribute because Bellerin's always inverted. Go and eat a plant, you cunt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean... wasn't, wasn't that in Top Gun? I don't <laughs> We were. We were. Negative negative. Five. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: Um, how did did you get so
1: close?
0: So I think the official answer to that question, Adam, is um, people who want to laugh at Arsenal fan TV. (laughs) I think that's their only audience.
1: (laughs) Um, And if that's the case, then it works.
0: Yeah, agreed. Russ, give me a question. What do you want to know? Set the world to rights. I
1: I didn't think about this as much as I probably should have done. Shock. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So here's one for you. If you punch yourself in the bollocks really, really hard, right, and it hurts, does that mean you're really weak or really strong?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that that was more of the kind of question I was anticipating, Russ. And that, uh, I think you can answer your own question by if you do try. Have you ever tried to punch yourself like properly punch yourself? You well, have, you you're... always you always hold back to a certain You pull it, then. don't you? You always pull the punch. Now, I think the correct answer would be if you manage to punch yourself hard enough in the dick for it to hurt, then you're probably pretty hard because you're overcoming your base instinct not to hurt yourself.
3: Fair enough. I think you've got bigger problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why'd you say that?
3: I... Uh, I mean, it's is this is this one of these queer questions that my friend needs to know the answer? Um, have Have no, you hurt yourself no. in the last no, no, twenty four no. hours?
1: No, 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 no. I'm just putting out there.
3: No, I, I think I think Doug's right. If If you're able to cause yourself physical pain, then you're you're strong. Not 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 mentally strong, obviously, far from it. Um, but physically strong. <laughs>
1: Far from mentally strong, well played.
0: I think we've broken Dave's brain with that question. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, it's... Um...
1: I mean, what would they say at law school? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're weak if you do that. Okay. You feel why? the need to hurt yourself? <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're feeble-minded. I mean, why would you want to do that?
1: i I, I don't i just it was just that's why i'm asking the question
3: how do blind people know when to finish wiping their ass
0: (laughs) that you should have gone with that you should have gone with that you're right so two to one russ i think it means you're strong okay we'll wrap it up there um yeah this will be out sometime in the next 24 hours but i mean if you're listening to it it's already out so i'll probably cut this bit It's (laughs) Game of the Week.